ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back in to the great Scott Show, the great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. As promised, joining me now is Wilson Alexander. You guys know him uh, from covering the LSU Tigers for the advocate. Wilson is uh, on the beat covering LSU, and he's been done, doing a great job this season of covering the baseball team. We talked to Wilson back early in the season, uh, the morning that LSU, um, well, the morning of the game between LSU and UL, that felt like, I don't know why, Wilson, it feels like that was like six months ago, not just back in what, late February, early March. Seems like a lot's happened between now and then. It absolutely does feel like six months ago, especially for uh, at least for me, I've been on the road for it feels like two months straight. Um, I don't remember the last time I spent just like a full week at my apartment. So um, it definitely feels like a long time ago. I guess baseball season will do that to you. Yeah, man, for sure. And I know, uh, and you know, I guess tomorrow you'll probably take off and head all the way out west, uh, the Eugene Regional, where uh, Oregon, the one seeds, got Gonzaga, the two, LSU, the three, and what Central Connecticut, I guess, is uh, is the four. Um, the Tigers. Uh, I never had any really doubts as to whether or not they would get in. I know some fans were nervous. I know the NCAA committee said they weren't even one of the last four in. Um, do you buy that, or, or do you think you know Maneri making his announcement might have impacted the committee a little bit? What are your thoughts on LSU getting in and getting sent where they did? Yeah, I mean, you look at the, just the there was definitely some nerves going in if you're LSU just because you have no idea what the selection committee is going to decide and it's entirely in their hands and you haven't given them, you know, an overwhelming reason to pick you. Um, but then, like you said, clearly they, they had done enough. I mean, I think a lot of it ended up coming down to RPI this in a year where, you know, the schedule is kind of weird. Not all the conferences played non-conference games and things like that. LSU's RPI was 28. And I think that's probably what ended up making it a little bit of, you know, more secure um, than, uh, expected going into the day because it was in the last four in and like baseball america and d1 baseball's projections and all, of course the keyword there is projections and those people aren't actually on the selection committee at all um, but they do have some knowledge about you know this game and, and they, they cover it from a national perspective and so it looked like lsu was really you know right on that bubble and, and it was on the bubble but it was still uh, you know didn't have to sweat it out as much as it thought going into the day as for Maneri swaying it, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit. That's the thing. We really have no idea. Um, I mean, of course, it's humans making a decision. Um, but LSU also had the resume. Even though its conference record wasn't good, um, it had the resume to get in with its strength of schedule at number four and its RPI at 28. Um, it was a deserving team uh, when you look at those m- metrics. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think uh, Maneri telling his team, look, no matter what, let's just respond with class. Uh, it's good that, that they get this run. I know it hasn't been the best of seasons by LSU standards, to say the least, but you got in. Uh, I think it was what Landon Marceau, the pitcher, said, all we needed was an opportunity. I was reading that in one of your articles, and they've got it, but, boy, they, they you know, after, after that number one pitcher, I have some questions about LSU in this regional because Gonzaga's really good and Oregon's the one seed. Uh, in terms of doing favors for LSU. I don't know that the committee did them any by sending them to that regional. No, no, no favors at all. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of funny every time under Maneri that LSU has had to travel for a regional, got sent out to the West Coast UCLA back in 2010 when it had to face Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer uh, on the same team. And then 
Uh, of course, Oregon State, a team that eventually won the national championship uh, back in 2018, and now here uh, back. Um, you know, Gonzaga is a team that could have very well hosted a regional itself. It was one of the 20 predetermined sites, and, and it just didn't get picked, which was a surprise to a lot of people. They thought that Gonzaga, um, you know, was deserving of a regional hosting spot, and it just it didn't get it. Um, so they come in here as a really really strong two seed. Oregon's obviously, you know, number 14 overall seed in this uh, tournament. Um, LSU does not has a lot of work cut out for it, um, it with uh, with those two opponents. What's what in your mind is the biggest concern on the diamond for LSU in this regional and in this postseason? Goodness, ah, oh, man. Um, there a, a couple things kind of jumped to mind. Uh, one is just. The bullpen has kind of come around as of late. You know, Devin Fontenot has really started to come back into what they expected him to be at the beginning of the season. You've gotten some good stuff from Garrett Edwards. You, you know, a lot of freshmen have stepped up and developed their secondary pitches a little bit more, Javen Coleman, Ty Floyd in particular. Um, but that bullpen is still, you know, you've seen it collapse at times this year. And um, if it can continue pitching like it did against Texas A&M, then, you know, they're going to be in decent shape. But, uh, Texas A&M isn't even in the tournament, and that's for a reason, whereas these other two teams have more potent lineups. Um, the other thing that jumps to mind is just offensive consistency. Um, this team is resilient. I think they've shown that a lot this year, but they also have uh, a tendency to kind of go cold at times. And near the end of the season, they did. After that Auburn series, they went, you know, after that 2-1 loss in the last game of the Auburn series, there was a lot of games where they, they weren't hitting that well. Um, it was just sort of up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, and then obviously culminating in the four to one loss to Georgia, where they were just um, overpowered by Georgia's you know, left-handed arms. Um, they need to you know, be more consistent uh, top to down in the lineup. It's going to be interesting to see if Giovanni Giacomo plays. Um, he certainly makes a difference when he's in center field. Uh, allows them to put uh, Chubianko at second base and, and have a you know less fewer deficiencies in the lineup and toy with things a little bit more. So uh, all that jumps to mind. You know, this was not is not a perfect team. So there are a few concerns espn 1420.com wilson alexander our guest lsu reporter for the advocates out of baton rouge and new orleans and acadiana uh covers the lsu tigers at wh alexander underscore on twitter uh, i just read it as at whale xander underscore that's just <laughs> whenever i see it in, uh, that's what i that's what i see um but uh, but yeah, heading out to uh, to the regional and Eugene with the team. Follow him on Twitter. Follow his stuff. Doing a great job covering it all. Uh, Tigers have their work cut out for him to say the least. Paul Maneri, uh, when the when the Tigers play their last game, it will be his final game as a head coach and head coach LSU. Been there for what fifteen years. What what has your experience been like uh, as a member of the media in terms of Maneri and what's his relationship been like with the media that cover LSU, particularly? LSU baseball like you do so closely? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever cover a coach who's as thoughtful and, and understands what the media has to do as, as much as Paul Maneri does. Um, he will go out of his way to you know answer questions and hang around if you, know, if you need him for a second. Um, he's always been extremely uh, responsive and respectful uh, of the job that we have to do. Um, he understands it. Um, his son is a writer, and so I think he really appreciates writing, um, even though his son is a much more gifted writer than any of us are. Um, he wrote a whole book. <laughs> so the, you know, he's always been very a, a pleasure to work with um, in that respect. 
you know, obviously there's still a divide, but, you know, a separation really between the you know, media and the people that, who they cover uh, because there has to be, because we would have to you know, be unbiased and try to look at everything, you know, you know, without any sort of you know, fog or over our eyes and that kind of stuff. Um, but he's always, you know, really been great to work with. And um, I don't think I'll ever cover another coach who, who is like that um, in his respect and, and just the way that he, the class that he handles himself with and just how much, you know, access he is willing to give uh, with his program. Yeah, he's a great guy. And I've always had a lot of respect for him. Um, I think he's done it the right way. And <clears throat> having said that, Wilson, I, the pulse of the fan base kind of felt like they were ready for something different, something new. And yet when he announced he was retiring, it I don't want to say it changed, but the focus flipped to, oh, man, we're so grateful for everything he's done. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of you were just saying you were ready for a change. And both things can be true. Um, but what w- what is your take on the pulse of the fan base currently as it relates to pulmonary? Yeah, I think, you know, people get sentimental at endings. And so I think that that's what's happening here is that, yeah, I think a good, definitely a good portion of the fan base, certainly those who are more vocal online, were ready to see a change. Um, just because, you know, it had been a few years since LSU was really a uh, contender for a national championship. And uh, obviously not since 2009 had it won one. And so I can understand, you know, why they, they were ready to see a change. But then you also take a step back and you wait there for a second and you realize, okay, you know, this is a Hall of Fame coach. Um, he's done something that only four other coaches have done, which is win 1,500 games and a national championship in his career. Um, and, he's, and he's, you know, always represented LSU in a good way, um, as you said. He, um, you know, there's never really been an issue at all. Um, and that isn't just completely – you know, devoted, you know, just to baseball and the product on the field. So um, I think that, you know, as you get toward the end, you know, you start to reminisce and, and fans realize the, you know, that he has done quite a lot. Um, but at the same time, they, they probably are still ready to see who comes next and, and what that person can accomplish um, here with a program that is used to success. Shout out Palmineri, uh 15 years there, a national title, I think four regular season SEC titles, six tournament titles and, know he's hoping to do some more work before he hangs it up. We'll see what happens this weekend. But uh, you got a fervent fan base uh, at LSU and a lot of eyes once the season ends, whether that's this weekend, next, or later, uh, will really focus on who that next guy will be. And uh, I know there have been reports out there of uh, possibly Kevin O'Sullivan being a target, among others. Uh, Is this, you know, I mean, he, (laughs) I think he was asked about, uh, maybe Glenn Gilbo's report, and he said, well, I can't control what people write. I'm the head coach of the University of Florida. It's that simple. I know you reported as well, Wilson, on maybe some directions they could go. Uh, how much of this is is just Scott Woodward really zoning in, wanting to get his guy? Like, how big of a search do you anticipate this thing being is what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, I expect it to be, you know, he'll look at, he can look anywhere in the country. I mean, that's the thing about LSU baseball. I mean, there are a few programs with this kind of, that has this kind of pull. Um, he can not necessarily get whoever he wants, um, but certainly have a lot of candidates to choose from um, because there are a lot of a lot of coaches out there who would love to come here. Um, LSU can offer a lot more money as a, for for a baseball coach than a lot of other schools, um, and obviously it has the pedigree that not a lot of other school has the fan interest that very few schools other schools have um lsu offers quite a lot to can offer quite a lot to a baseball coach um the other thing that'll be interesting about it you know woodward in the past is tends to sort of get his 
uh, coaches hires announced fairly quickly. He likes to, seems like to have them kind of lined up in order to make that change really fast. Um, you can't really do that here. Even, you know, who knows if there's a verbal agreement out there or something, who knows? Um, but they can't announce for a while because all the candidates that you would be looking for to have this sort of pedigree to come to LSU, they're all going to be, they're still playing right now and they could be playing for a while. So this, you know, there won't be any sort of official announcement on the coach uh, for a few weeks until whoever they want and whoever they come to agreement with their team's done playing. ESPN1420.com. Wilson Alexander has been our guest at Walesander underscore WH Alexander underscore on Twitter. Check out all his stuff at The Advocate. I'll be following you, your stuff online uh, as you head to Eugene tomorrow. Wilson, safe travels, and uh, thanks for taking the time this morning coming on the show. Been enjoying reading your stuff throughout the season. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you having me. All the best.